Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, everyone. My name is Cody Westbrook, and you're listening to the Word of Life Radio Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. Some time ago, we began a study where we're overviewing and taking a look at the story of the Bible. Remember that the Bible is composed of 66 books written by approximately 40 different human authors in three languages over three continents and spread out over a time period of approximately 1,500 years. And yet, when we read the Bible from beginning to end, what we're actually reading is one unified logical, rational, true, and cohesive narrative or story. So what we want to do is try and understand a little bit better what that narrative or what that story is all about. What's going on? What is the story of the Bible? Remember that the best way to summarize the main idea or the story of the Bible is this. The salvation of man through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. I'll say that again, the salvation of man through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. The last time that we were together, we began in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, and we overviewed the book of Genesis. Remember that there are basically three passages that will summarize the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18, and Genesis chapter 49 and verse number 10. God creates the world and he creates man in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. He gives, uh, he places man in the garden and tells him that he could eat of every tree uh, that was in the garden except for one, and that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In Genesis chapter 3, man violated the will, the command of God. He sinned, and so therefore he was separated from God And so what's God going to do about that? Genesis 3 and verse 15 is the first messianic prophecy. And it is in this passage where we find the eternal purpose of God first put in terms uh, communicated to human beings, to uh, to humanity. So we learn in Genesis 3.15 that uh, it's going to be of the seed of woman. And then in Genesis chapter 12, we have God who is appearing to Abraham and making a promise to him. He tells Abraham that if he will leave his country and go to a land that God would show him, that he would bless his seed and that he would bless all nations of the earth through his seed. Genesis 22:18 is one of many passages that reaffirms that promise. And then in Genesis 49 and verse number 10, When we get to Genesis 49 and verse number 10, we've seen Abraham, we've seen his son Isaac, we've seen Isaac's son Jacob, and now we've seen Jacob's son Joseph sold into slavery in Egypt in Genesis chapter 37. And after time, over time rather, Joseph is able to bring his family, all of Jacob's family, into Egypt to live And as Jacob is preparing to die in Genesis 49, verse 10, and he is announcing uh, blessings and things on all of his sons, he speaks to Judah, and he says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor nor the lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, 
and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So we have God making a promise to Abraham to bless all people through his seed. We have the seed of Abraham, that's Jacob and his family, settled in Egypt. We have Joseph who is there, second in command under Pharaoh. And upon the death of Jacob, he says that we're looking for the seed of woman, the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac, the seed of Jacob, and the seed of Judah. So we have this uh, process of elimination, if you will, that unfolds throughout the book of Genesis. Well, as the book of Genesis closes then, Jacob dies and his descendants are still in Egypt. But then we open up our Bibles to the beginning of the book of Exodus and we see something altogether different. In the last verse of the book of Genesis, verse uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 26, the Bible says, So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Then in Exodus chapter 1, verse number 8, we read, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the children of Israel are more and mightier than we, Come and let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore they set up taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were uh, in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick and in all manner of service in the field, and their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So in the beginning of the book of Exodus, Joseph has died, and the people are enslaved. These people, the Israelites, these are the descendants of of Abraham that were promised, the seed of Abraham that God promised in Genesis chapter 12. The seed are the descendants of Isaac and Jacob. And the Bible tells us that now Joseph has died and this new Pharaoh arose who doesn't know, he had no regard for Joseph. So now the people are enslaved. And if you remember how the book of Exodus unfolds, you recall that in the midst of all of this, God raises up a servant by the name of Moses. Moses is saved from death as a, a, a young child, as an infant, because of a decree from Pharaoh. He grows up in Pharaoh's house, and in Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 and following, we have the Lord speaking to Moses and announcing to him what the plan or what his task, his role for Moses is. Listen to what Exodus 6, verse 1 through 9 says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. 
I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel. Now again, remember as we think about Exodus chapter 6 verses 1 through 9, I realize that we have fast forwarded over uh, through a great deal of information in the first five chapters of the book of Exodus, but I think probably we're all familiar enough with the account to know uh, the details of Moses' upbringing and how he gets to this point. So the Lord speaks to Moses, and one of the things that God does is he makes mention in these first nine verses of the covenant that he made with Abraham. You see, all the while, the children of Israel are serving uh, in captivity in Egypt. God remembers and he has not forgotten the promise or the covenant that he made with Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Genesis 3.15, I'm going to deal with man's sin problem through the seed of woman. Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 18, I'm going to deal with man's sin problem through the seed of woman, which will come from the seed of Abraham, and then will come from the seed of Isaac, and from the seed of Jacob. And also God had promised to Abraham, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you, And he would say, this land is going to belong to your descendants. Now, in Exodus chapter 6, the process of bringing the descendants, the seed line of Abraham, out of the land of Egypt to go to that land, to fulfill this promise that God had made to Abraham, that process is beginning. So now, after Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, we have the ten plagues because of the hardness of Pharaoh's heart and his refusal to let the people go. And then we have the people uh, leaving the land of Egypt, crossing over the Red Sea on dry ground, and then finally they arrive at Mount Sinai. And you might take notation of Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 12. uh, When God first speaks to um, Moses, he says, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I, uh, that I have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on the mountain. So Moses' instructions were to bring the people out of Egypt and bring them to Mount Sinai. Now the question is, why would God have Moses bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and lead them to Mount Sinai? And we get our answer when we turn to Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 8, really the entirety of the chapter, we find God giving, uh, making a covenant with the people. He, let's read together Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 1 and going down through verse 8. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, for they had departed from Rephidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camp in the wilderness, so Israel camped before the mountain. Again, remember chapter 3, verse 12. This is exactly what God told Moses he was to do. And Moses went up 
to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus shall you, uh, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Take note of verse number 4. That one verse is essentially a summary of everything that happens from Exodus chapter 6 all the way up to Exodus chapter 19. It's talking about the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage and the way in which God did it. Now therefore, he says, because you have seen all of these events that have unfolded and been described in chapter 6 through 19, now therefore, here's what you're to do. If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you will speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all the words which the Lord had commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord, and the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. So when we arrive in Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 8, what we begin to see unfolding now in this portion of the book of Exodus is God making the covenant, His covenant with the people. God giving them a law. God making them a nation. After all, how can you have a nation without a law? How can you have a people without a law system, without an organization? And that's what God is doing here. He gives them a law. He makes them a people. He makes them a nation. He gives them their identity. And He tells them in Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 8, The condition here is, you must obey me, you must keep my word, you must obey my will. And if you will do that, verse number 6, he says, then you're going to be my people. You'll be a kingdom of priests, you'll be a holy nation, meaning a nation that is set apart for the purposes of God. This language, by the way, ought to sound familiar to us because we find the same kind of language used to describe the church in passages like 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, where the apostle Peter describes the church, describes Christians as a royal priesthood, as a chosen generation, a peculiar people, as those who are to... Uh, as those who are to glorify the one who has called them out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The idea of being holy or peculiar is the idea of being set apart. And so the Bible says God speaks to the children of Israel. He brings them out of Egypt. He says, listen, I made a covenant with your forefathers, with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, and now I am am faithful to my word in that covenant, and I've brought you out of Egypt, and I'm telling you that you will be my people, you will be set apart for my purposes, if you obey my voice, if you do my will. Then he begins to outline for them his will. So now, beginning... In um, beginning in chapter number 20, we begin to see the law of Moses, as it's called, the old law, uh, be- it begins to be, to be given. And we see these different uh, 
portions of it. Laws, the Ten Commandments, the laws of the altar, the laws concerning servants, laws concerning prophecy, a number of different things. Then we arrived to Exodus chapter 24, and the covenant is confirmed. And then after chapter number 24, we begin to see instructions for building the tabernacle, instructions for the priesthood, and for constructing the garments of the priesthood. Then in Exodus chapter 29, we see Aaron and his sons consecrated for priesthood. We begin to see the construction of the tabernacle, the construction of the priest's garments, And then finally, when we arrive at the end of the book of Exodus, we find the tabernacle having been completed and having been been built. And so now God enters into the tabernacle. And I want to turn your attention to the very last section of the book of Exodus, chapter 40, verses 34 to 38. Listen to what God, listen to what the Bible says. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and the fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel." throughout all their journeys. So the tabernacle now has been constructed. The tabernacle is a tent, and in that tent is a a number of different items of of furniture that are all described in this last section of the book of Exodus. And the tabernacle essentially represents the dwelling of God amongst the people. Now, what's interesting about this is that as the book of Exodus ends... What we find is the tabernacle being completed and built. We see God dwelling inside the tabernacle, but we see Moses and Israel outside the tabernacle, and Moses is unable to enter in. He cannot enter the tabernacle because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled it, Exodus 40 and verse 35. So as Exodus ends, the question now is... is, uh, The question now arises, how can man enter into the tabernacle where the presence of God is? How can man enter into the presence of God? And that's where the book of Leviticus begins. The book of Leviticus, Leviticus means pertaining to the Levites. And of course, the tribe of Levi is the priestly tribe. And what we have in the book of Leviticus then is the answer to how unholy man can approach in the presence of a holy God. So we have a number of offerings that are given, the burn offering and the grain offering and the peace offering and the sin offering. We have in the book of Leviticus the consecration of the priesthood of Aaron and his sons in Leviticus chapter 8. We have... Uh, In the book of Leviticus, uh, an elaboration of the law of Moses uh, from what's given to us in about the middle portions uh, of the book of Exodus. We'll study more about the book of Leviticus, Lord willing, in our next podcast. But let's quickly just review what we've seen up to this point, and then uh, the time and the lesson will be yours. 
We're talking about the unfolding of the story of the Bible. We're talking about the unfolding of the narrative of Scripture. God created man. God placed him in the garden. Man sinned and separated himself from God. What will God do about this problem? God said, I'm going to deal with it through the seed of woman. She'll be through the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac, the seed of Jacob, of the seed or the tribe of Judah. Then the book of Exodus begins, and we find the seed of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob enslaved in Egypt. But that doesn't mean that God has forgotten or that He will not fulfill the promise of the covenant that He'd made. Because He, he, he raises up Moses, and He uses Moses as His instrument, as His servant, to go and to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity, to bring them to Mount Sinai so that God may make a covenant with them, and so that God may give them the law, so that God may make them a nation, may make them His peculiar people. He then gives them instructions on the priesthood and on the tabernacle, so that His presence may dwell among them. That ends the book of Exodus and brings us to the beginning of the book of Leviticus, where we begin to read about the sacrifices and the priesthood and about how unholy man can approach into the presence of a holy God. And Lord willing, we'll pick up there on our next episode. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and to study God's Word with us, and we hope that you will tune in to our next episode as we open up God's Word and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.